What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. You. Thanks so much for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Hannah Briel, and today we have the Made to Move team on the podcast. We talked a lot about Simone Biles and the decision that she recently made at the Olympics. We talked about our thoughts on that. We dove into a discussion about identity and performance anxiety. We talked a lot about the problems that we see with current and current popular fitness fads, and we talked about my experience at the CrossFit Games this past weekend. So thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today we got the team together. We have me, that is Hannah, and let's go around the circle. Rachel is here. Present. Dane, present. Eve, present. 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 What did people used to say? Oh, it's supposed to be here. Present. And then everyone would just start laughing. Remember that? We didn't have that. I feel like it's been almost a year since Eve was in person. Oh, yeah. For, uh, we don't have Zoom. Do we have to do a recap of uh, the year? This is my first in person team wow. podcast. Well, no, we did the one where we recapped. Oh, uh, right that was the first of the year. That didn't really count. Yeah. That was in December. That's crazy. Yeah. No, crazy. all of the other ones, Eve has been. In a place where the time changes every minute. Yeah. Uh, some undisclosed location. The time is ever changing. The time is but a... Antarctica. Area 51. Something like that? Who knows? So, it's August. Let's talk about what are we doing, right? Check's watch. What are we doing this month? Where can you find yeah. us? So, this weekend, or whenever you're listening to it, August 7th, we've got a Starboard oh. CrossFit overhead squat. It'll be too late. Yeah, that's no, okay. Um, so if you're interested in overhead squat or any other workshop, uh, hit us up. We've got um, Bocce Ball. No, that's next that's month. September. Man, what do we got in, in August? I think that's it. The grind. The grind. Just actually working Yeah. yeah. for once. Which yeah. is good. Yeah, we're all present. <laughs> the bonbons. I think the team <laughs> is all here for the whole month of August, which yeah. was kind of an anomaly. Oh, wow. But then okay. after that... September, October, I mean, it's wedding season. You're yeah. going out of town. Are you going to Sweden? No, that's Sweden. next year. <laughs> next year. Yeah. We got bocce ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good we'll thanks. have some uh, workshops. We're bringing Kayla on in August. Yeah. Yeah, Kayla. Dr. Kayla, it's been released out into the public via yeah. the email, but it'll be official the 16th of August? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's exciting. Super excited about that. Team's expanding. It'll another rock star. Another person to fit on the podcast. Oh, I can report. I can podcast hey. her. That'd be great. Yeah, I yeah. won't even need y'all for a week. <laughs> so today Later. we are talking about a few different things. We are talking about the Olympics, specifically what's going on with Simone Biles or what was going on with Simone Biles. Um, we're talking about what not to do when you work out. Maybe we'll, we don't want to name that. It's a rant. You'll see. And then the CrossFit Games. I experienced it firsthand. It was like a roller coaster for five days in a row. Um, so we'll talk about that and what we learned, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we all watched it. We were texting, yeah. so we yeah. were kind of, we, it's we like I was cried. there, yes. but I wasn't Tears there. Sure. That's the thing; is like they make you feel like you're there. You can yeah. feel like you're a part I of it. Like I was there. We 
I, next year we will be having a watch party. I yes. think so, yeah. For sure. Go ahead and get the word out. Definitely. So, Simone Biles, um, she, as we all know, stepped back from competing while she was at the Olympics because both mental, mental and physical issues, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think there was some sort of injury, but then more importantly, she did not feel like she was in a place mentally to go out there and to push herself. And I think it sets a really good example for hopefully where the culture of gymnastics will go. And if you think about it, like, when, well, first, the Olympics this year, there's nobody there. Right. Like, I can't imagine what that's like. It also is so stressful. Like, I think it's one thing when you're playing a 90-minute soccer game. Like, yeah, a lot's on the line. You have 90 minutes to kind of get into it. Gymnastics, like, you got one shot. Olympic lifting, one shot. Like, I don't, I don't know if you watched, um, <laughs> if you saw Maddie Rogers, but, like, Maddie Rogers was like, you don't expect to have your worst day on the most important day. Like, she didn't perform the way she wanted to. She still smashed and cleaned, like, a yeah. ridiculous amount. But it just, it, ma- it gave me anxiety to think about performing, knowing that you had one shot, and it's for the freaking Olympics. And then you add in gymnastics, which is, like, if you do one thing wrong, it's not just that you didn't do well. Like, it could be your health and your future and your life. And... It's also, like, if you go out there and you are not 100% confident in what you're doing, you also could land wrong. You could twist a certain way. And I think she set a really good example of, I'm not going out there until I feel 100% confident and, and I'm ready because it it could have changed her life. I mean, Absolutely. either way, it changed her life. And so the post that someone posted, I'm not really sure who, I should give them credit, it was talking about, um, Elena, Elena, someone knows what I'm talking about. It was in, it was a, a lot, a lot of years ago, but she had an injury and her coach pressured her doctors to say that she was ready. They took her cast off. She was in fact not ready and made her go back and she under rotated a turn and landed on her neck and became, I think it was a quadriplegic. What? And she was 20 years old at the time and then she died later at 46. I did see like the side by side. I didn't read the full article, but I remember yeah. people have been referencing that. Yeah. So they were saying, "Wow, aren't you like? Wouldn't you rather people say Simone Biles pulls out of team final rather than Simone Biles paralyzed during dismount?" Absolutely. But yeah. shockingly, she was still getting backlash. Yeah. And all the people that I follow on Instagram are obviously like in support because mm-hmm. that's the people I follow. But then they would post things about others being like, "How dare you let down your country?" Like, what a horrible athlete you are. Like, you can't handle it. I'm like, first of all, you can't even consider anything (laughs) that she's doing. Like, you probably can't do a quarter of those things. And and you're just going to bash her when she could... This is like... This could have been life or death. And in treating a couple more gymnastics... I was about to say gymnastics players, but... Two points. Um, Gymnastics... Gymnasts. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Gymnastics, gymnasts, are fast. In treating a couple so more close. gymnastics players, I'm going with that, um, than usual, I sent this to them, and they're like young girls, and I was like, this is such a great, I mean, I sent it to their moms, they probably don't have emails. This is such a great, hopefully, um, like, view of how the culture is changing, because even though we think everything is better, we still see so many athletes being pushed not just like, oh, yeah, like pushed, but like pushed way too hard, doing things that are unsafe, not just physically, but also mentally. And I hope people see what Simone Biles did, just like they, they want to be the future. They're like, I want to be Simone Biles. Like, well, you see what the decision she made, like standing up for her, her mental and physical health. So I thought it was really powerful. Yeah. I No, I couldn't agree more. I, I thought it was really powerful. I saw one of the like, you know, older, like, say, retired gymnasts talking about it. And, and, you know, some of the negative comments were, um, like you mentioned, you're letting your country down, uh, you know, all of these things, like like she was, whatever, supposed to carry through regardless. And, and you know, you're giving up the, the chance to whatever, achieve your most important thing in your life. And I thought that it was great that the, the retired gymnast said, look, this isn't even close to what, is going to be the greatest part of Simone's life, right? She's mm-hmm. 24 years old. She's still got, what, 
let's say, 80 years because of her age Hopefully. going yeah. forward. 104. To yes. think that this is the greatest <laughs> moment or the greatest achievement of her life is to put her into a box that says you might as well roll over and die now that you only got a bronze medal and not mm-hmm. all around gold or whatever. And I, I just thought that was really special because for all of us, our identities should not be wrapped around who we are and what we're doing today. It should be around just us as a whole person, everything that we're going to do in our life and not... Eve is a PT and Hannah is a PT and like, you know, Simone as a, as the greatest all around gymnast to, to, to be there. It's like, there's so much more. She may be a mother one day. She might be, you know, there's no telling what's going to happen going forward. And, and to think that that is diminished to her greatest achievement, I think is, is not fair. Yeah. I think there are always going to be people on social media who would say things that they have absolutely no business saying. But I love that this is a role model and it's just such a big example of like taking such extreme ownership over what's best for you. And at the end of the day, you're a team player and you put other people first, but then like, no, at some point, if something is bad or unhealthy for you, you have to be your best advocate, right? Like even these athletes who are on like the stage of the whole world, like the Olympics, they still have to be their own biggest advocate because, like, the coach is there to push them, right? And it's like, who else is going to be their biggest advocate if they say okay and they agree to it and physically they've shown that they probably could do it if they're mentally, which it, honestly I think it's all the same thing anyway, if they're not able on that day and they don't feel safe and they don't feel comfortable, then I think they should totally have the option. I think she showed us that everybody has the option to say, today's not my day. Right, And that doesn't mean that she's any worse of a person or athlete. I think it makes her just that much better of a role model for so many young girls and gymnasts around the world who are trying these really hard things to know it's okay to have an off day. You don't don't make a decision that is going to make you feel unsafe. Yeah, it was basically an impossible decision. Think about what she went through to have to say that. Probably way harder than anything she's ever done was to say, I'm not mm-hmm, going absolutely. to do something like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody else said, probably the pressure she put on herself more so than anybody else. And like, I think I, I admire it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't honestly don't know if I could have said something like that. I might've like totally yeah. just pushed my body too hard. I mean, she's doing some crazy stuff too, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah, no her danger is real, right? I mean, danger is real everywhere, but mm-hmm. like that, I mean, yeah, one false twist when you're whatever, I don't know how many feet in the air, but yeah. it's crazy, right? So, I mean, most people can't argue, I think, logically that she made the right decision. And you're right. There's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be jerks who just want to say whatever they're going to say just to make somebody else feel bad because they're, you know, they're miserable themselves. And they're in their mom's basement. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. Do you have something in mind? No, no, no I just... Yeah. I think in a, a world where we usually only admire... Like, we admire hard work, but we also admire, like, pushing through, and I don't think, like, I don't think putting others before yourself is a bad thing, but I think in a, in any sport, or really in any case where you need to take, like you said, extreme ownership of your your health and your self-care, I, like, this is such a precise sport, Uh, I just think she set an incredible example for what we should be admiring. And also, like, I think she allowed so many people to now give themselves permission to do the same. And it, I think the reason why people troll or maybe get angry about it is that they view it as she was going easy on herself. But like you said, that was probably such a hard decision. And it totally discounts the rest of her life's accomplishments and all of the, like, what about all of the things that she's accomplished? They're like, no, she let her team down. No, she's put the team on her freaking back doing things that they don't even want to score her for. Exactly. They don't. That's just absurd. And that, yeah. that was something I was thinking about too. Like, how much would that mess with you too that you've worked so hard to be able to do abilities that they're like, no one else can do these so we're not going to count it. Like, that has to get you to the point that it's like it's not about being better. It's not about trying harder. It's about playing the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. that pissed me off when I heard that. So I was like, in what other sport is it like, hey, you're too good? <laughs> they don't want to encourage people to try these tricks. I don't know what you call them. Uh, I should know that. Skills. <laughs> skills. No, I like tricks. Tricks. Uh, skills. skills that are so advanced that they're considered dangerous. But I'm like, 
watching the Olympic lifters put 300 pounds over their head doesn't make me want to try it. I'm like, I want to put 150 over my head. That sounds good. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. But no one said to Matt Frazier, hey, you're too dominant. We're not going to let you win anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think the trolls, too, like like Eve said, it takes a lot of strength to even say what she said or, or to, to make the decision. I think sometimes, again, when people are faced, like looking in the mirror, they're upset that they couldn't make that same decision, mm. right? I gave everything I had, and I, you know, like whatever, or I, you know, they, they just, they are upset because they probably don't have the strength within them to make the same decision that would be best for them or their families or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, so now they're take, taking it out or lashing out. Well, you should have given everything, you know? Yeah, we're definitely in a culture too, right? Like, you know. I don't know from personal experience, but I, I know from friends of friends and heard definitely some firsthand experiences of like, you know, in a football game, in a soccer game, in, in the context of sport where somebody puts their own body at risk mm-hmm. for the team, right? Like that happens a lot. And in some ways yeah. it's glorified, right? right? We're like, so oh right. my God, he just put everything on the line, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. huge thing. So at what point is that too much, right? And so, and she made that call. And we probably don't know of many examples of somebody making that call. So it is really new, you know, and I feel like it's very brave and right. And like, but there's always going to be, yeah, there's going to be people who are like... It's the fantasy of like the military purple heart, right? I'm going to jump on a grenade to save everybody, which is the ultimate bravery. And and I think maybe, you know, in that context, that's the one situation where people do put themselves first and, and, or, you know, that situation and that, but that's different, you know, Absolutely. we're not it's fighting a, a war, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. we're, it's, a, it's a game. Yeah. This is a score and it's because we value sports and scores mm. and performance so much that it, we put our own health at risk yeah. and she did the hardest thing and the hardest thing is to say no mm-hmm. and to be selfish and it, I mean, in being selfish, she might have saved her life. Yeah. And yeah. We, you just said it to me and it didn't hit home until just now, but It's also like, again, when we talk about youth athletes and especially women in general and young women, like, it's okay to say no, like, period. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to do this because I'm uncomfortable. And that's Mm -hmm. so powerful, I think, for every individual out there and even more so for for young ladies. Like, being able to stand up for whatever decision you're going to make and and putting your foot down, you know, it's... How many people do we probably know who their entire identity is their, like health or their strength or their sport right and like because of that they can't say no to things right I would say like 90 percent of the people that i know right so like we go in there and like you know oh you need to take care of yourself but you know no my identity is this strong fit person or like really good at this sport i'm gonna do whatever i can to keep that right which you kind of alluded to it like okay the sport is this amazing thing but there's more than that, right? Like, hopefully you're going to be a mother or hopefully, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that's important to her, right? right like, right. you know, you're going to do bigger things in this. And it's like, sometimes it's about, yeah, just putting things in perspective that it's sometimes a little bit bigger than that, which is, which is hard, right? Because, hard. you know, we also believe that like movement and fitness is also like the core of where a lot of other things come from, right? So it's like, you know, everyone always like the everything in moderation, which is like kind of true, but kind of not true. But like, you know, so here it's moderately true. It's moderately true, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just, just like time, it's weird. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's just something to think about, right? And like we live kind of in these gray areas, right? And they're fun things to talk about, like where you know where is this line, and how do we how do we tote it, and how much you know fitness is important, but is it? It's not too important. Yeah. It's not so important that you should just you know run ten miles every day, you know, until you're you know, body collapses, right? And so, um, yeah, I think it's just an interesting discussion to have and a heck of a rabbit hole to go down. Right. Yeah, like I just got back from the CrossFit Games. I was just thinking of the perfect segue, yeah. by people. You just watched 90 of them, right? Like, oh, man, yes, yeah, like a ton of them. I'm surrounded by people who their identity is in being an athlete. And I don't know what it is that I read recently, but it was, it was last week when I was at the beach And it was something about, oh, I think it was James Clear. I think it was Atomic Habits. Like, we know that a habit is more likely to stick when it is tied to your identity, but we also know how devastating something can be when you lose it when when it's tied to your identity. So (laughs) there's a comedian there, and he was like, instead of finding your identity, instead of hand saying, I am an athlete, I am a competitive athlete, why do I value that? I value doing things that are hard. I value hard work. I value independency. And I value doing things that are healthy. 
So saying that and having that as my identity is way more productive and healthier than saying, I am a competitive CrossFit athlete and I want to compete at Fitness of the Coast. And that helped me a lot. And I think it could help a lot of people that probably come in through our doors is that they're so scared of the pain that they're experiencing, the X, whatever that they're experiencing because they're afraid it's going to affect their identity. But whether you're maxing out your deadlifts every day or whether you're not, whether you're enjoying a different kind of physical activity, I don't think your identity has to change. Mm. It's just the labels that we put on our identity. For sure, yeah. I think that so many people identify as the activities that they do or the things that they love that they kind of get out of those activities. And I think that's something that we see a lot with people who either had issues getting to the level they want to be at or they've had injuries or things like that, that then they're really not sure what to do. So then everything falls to the side, right? When you have like, just say you hurt your back, back spine, whatever, and then you don't go to the gym as much. So then you're not eating the way you feel your best. You're not sleeping the way you feel your best. You're engaging in other activities that you don't do when you're in your best routine. So it's, it can be such a slippery slope I feel like so many people are like zero or a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Either like I am training, this is my next goal, everything's going well, or I haven't worked out in months, right? So I think that identity really opens, just creates that situation where it's zero or a hundred. Either I'm all in and I'm thriving, or I might as well just not even go. And we know that consistent effort, despite setbacks, is what matters the most. So it just really puts those two different ways, schools of thought at odds if you're but if you think about it, I love how you said, like, I like hard work. I am a hard worker. I am honest. Or whatever things that you hold true to yourself about. But knowing that those are things that you can have no matter the context, no matter how your back feels that day, I think is so important. And ultimately, that will help your performance in the long run if you just keep doing something versus let everything fall aside. Yeah. Because if I can't do CrossFit, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not yeah. – CrossFit is everything. I think it's like uh... – it's a big reason for uh, a lot of things, um, you know, and there's that book, uh, it kind of, it starts with why, right? So Hannah just told us her why, right? And I think you as an athlete, as a, uh, you know, as somebody who works out, as somebody to care of themselves, you have to understand like why you're doing this, right? And like, there's a lot of people and uh, K-Star talks about all the time, like go spend your fitness credits, go, oh, and like, yeah. I always kind of like, I don't know if I like agreed with that, but like, that's kind of why, right? Because you're just, if you're just in the gym just to be in the gym, that's kind of frustrating. Like, you know, why are you in the gym? Like, it's usually because you want to be healthy and you want to live a full life. So go out there and go do that, right? It's like, should I go, you know, ride my bike outside with my kids today? Or should I go, you know, back squat and do a Metcon? Like, sometimes I want to do a back squat and me- back squat and Metcon. <laughs> wow, you cannot say that. Yourself, but I should. <laughs> but, you know, I should just, like, go for a bike ride, right? And, like, go really enjoy that. Especially if it's on a new Build-A-Bike. Oh, <laughs> not sponsored. We yeah, not should. Sponsored. We should talk about that. Yeah. 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 Call us. It's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was going to say something else and I totally forgot because I got distracted when you said bike. You started um, thinking about your new bike. It's <laughs> yeah. like you brought home a new puppy. Yeah. You're so excited about it. We, uh, we post every day pretty much about our, um, you know, the, on the story from the, the Stoic book. What's mm-hmm. it called? The Daily Stoic. The Daily, Daily Stoic. Stoic. Yep. And I think that's a lot of what that message is throughout the book, right? It's, we had somebody who said they bought that book because mm-hmm. we've been value hard day. work value these things value being a good person because those are things that can never be taken away it doesn't matter the only way it goes away is if you lose your life the rest of it like you can continue to work hard no matter what your situation is and you can continue to to be a good person no matter what your situation is and you can continue to be grateful for the things that you have around you and and those are all very important because again they you know Everything else can be taken away. Your identity as an athlete, your identity as a doctor, your identity as so many things can be removed. Um, so it's just special to kind of be present. And... You're special, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I would urge most people to think about what are the labels that you typically assign yourself and to think of like why those labels are important. So instead of, I am a doctor, like, okay, why does that matter? What are the things that make up being a doctor? I am an athlete, a lot of different athletes. Um, even maybe like I am a mom, like if your only identity is in being a mom or is it that I want to give back? I want to take care of others. I want to set my family up for success. Like it, it boils down 
to a lot of different things. And I think it, it can be helpful because as soon as you lose that top label, you might go all or nothing. We're in such an all or nothing society. Yeah. Speaking, on labels. Speaking of all or nothing. All or nothing uh, do we want to, which one? Do we want to go two or three? Let's do two. Let's do yeah. two. I feel like you kind of just opened it up. Okay, I was saying all or nothing. I feel like all or nothing could definitely be the cost of game. Oh, fair, fair. <laughs> really all. So, how should we describe this topic? Um, where we'll go first. Okay, Rachel. <laughs> so She's been waiting all day to do this. You're probably wondering why I called you here, <laughs> but there is something that will not be mentioned. It, that must not be mentioned. Ooh, must not be named. Must not be named. That's, oh, it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the thing. Anyway, so this program going around that I personally am not a big fan of with some of the specific people I'm working with, and I just want to talk about that and talk about how do you find a good plan? How do you know if it fits for you? What are some things to look for that could be an indicator that maybe that a certain scripted plan is not appropriate for your specific goals. So that being said, I'm currently working with someone who is incredibly active. She has a lot of things that she wants to work on. Historically, from everything I've gathered, has been under eating for a period of like months. Started this new program that is very generalized. Nothing is specific to her goals or current situation. And it is a certain cycle that repeats each time. So she essentially will do 12 weeks of this program that's not specific to her, a very general program, then restart it over and over again, right? So she came in saying that she loved it, everything was great, and then now we're at a point where maybe it's really not serving her well. So at this point, it's not specific to her goals, it's not specific to her training, it's not specific to her relationship with food, it's not specific to, was she in a calorie deficit for six months leading up to this intense Mm -hmm. calorie deficit? Like, there's no information that makes it a good plan for her. Um, That being said, there might be some people, it is a good kickstart type plan for. I don't believe that's how it's being used. At least she wasn't using it that way. She was trying to turn something that was not meant to be a lifestyle into a lifestyle. Incredibly restrictive with someone who already has very narrow beliefs about what they can and cannot eat. So that just made me think about how do we give people better plans? Like what is our inherent characteristics of making something a good plan for somebody? So I know we talked about with a lot of the like remote coaching that we do, calling even specifically remote coaching instead of remote programming because we adapt it based on their response. That is probably like 90% of our jobs is adapting plans based on people's responses, right? You can Google, like we say all the time, you can Google best exercises for my abs, my glutes, they won't turn on. Oh God. So you find these exercises, how does that fit in your life? How many times do you do them? Is it enough? Is it working? No, like you don't know, right? So that's what they come to us. How much should I do? How does this work for me? What other factors can I change? So with that, I think a good plan has to be specific to you. It has to know your current goals, where you're coming from, and it also has to be adaptable. So that's why I'm not a fan of something that is a program that is very scripted. It is not specific to each person. It's the same. Everybody gets the same program. If you do the next cycle, it's the same exact program. You start back at week one. So that's why I don't like it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple <laughs> of facets there to work off of, and, and one of them is if a program doesn't progress it's not the right program for you right like if it if it doesn't go from week one to week infinity meaning it constantly has to progress because you are going to progress as a person you can absolutely find a program on the internet download it go do that and after eight weeks if you're consistent and you work hard you might see positive change that you're looking for but if you repeat that and then you repeat it again, you're less likely to do, you know, to, mm-hmm. to see Stimulus. the results. And so yeah. it has to be progression, which means it has to be adaptable, like you talked about. I think another one is in terms of the nutrition, like caloric deficit. Does, does that program you were mentioning talk about going into calories? Or? It is. I don't. I don't know exactly how they word it, but it's essentially restricting the categories and quantities of food that you eat more and more restrictions or less and less calories throughout the week. So essentially it's a glorified form of calorie restriction. Yeah. I think it's like 800 if you're a woman and 1,000 if you're 
Yeah. And I would say that for the most part, almost everybody, general public, shouldn't go below what number? Like, 1,500. Yeah, basal right. metabolic rate. <laughs> right. And that basal metabolic rate <laughs> isn't going to go below 1,500 basically ever. Um, and, and so that's another aspect. If you're reading something online and it's telling you to eat 1,200 or 800 calories a day, like pretty much unless that's a very, you know, personalized doctor type of prescription, I, I, I wouldn't do it regardless of, of, of that even. But, um, yeah, th- those are not personalized. They're not healthy. Um, it's just not the, the way to go. Well, and they're probably, I wonder, and I like how much you mentioned about what makes her her mm-hmm. because that's what this program is missing is mm-hmm. what was she doing before? Was she in a caloric deficit for six months? And like 12 weeks, maybe at a less aggressive caloric deficit, would that have been better? Mm-hmm. What are her goals? It all depends on context, but the problem with this program is that there is no context. It's just like, hey, do this to be healthy. And I wonder if if we had a less intense caloric deficit, if we had, like you said, a kickstart. Mm -hmm. Like, this could be Mm well-intentioned. And it's like, we're so afraid as Americans of getting fat. Mm -hmm. Because we have just been shown, like, 43% obesity. And, like, it is a a health crisis Mm -hmm. that we do these things that are... Again, it's either all or nothing. That are the complete opposite end of the spectrum. That's now by just destroying your health, and not just what's going on with your workouts and blah blah blah. But this woman is also now very scared and nervous of like tracking what she's eating. Mm-hmm. It's probably given her an anxiety disorder. Like she's now not able to maybe enjoy meals with friends, or she. She eats 800 calories Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, she eats 6,000 yeah. calories. So this is no longer even helpful. Right. It's just un- it's intentionally restrictive, but not helping. It's hurting. And I still, it's like there's this argument. Is it, are we, I don't even know. Are we okay? Are we better with it knowing that people are moving more? Like, mm. is there a positive to it? Like, Okay, well, what's the alternative? Is it that they're not aware of what they're eating, that they're not moving at all? Like, does this help at all? It is just not utilized correctly and maybe it's over-applied? Or is it just generally trash? And, like, I think that it's somewhere in the middle. Right, there's always... Nothing's all good, nothing's all bad, right? Right. So I think that's, that's what I would try to emphasize. Like, what have you learned from this? Were there any of those weeks that you really felt good? What can we take away from this? Like, you're, we know that the human body is so adaptable and resilient, meaning you did not permanently damage anything, right? So we just take this time as, I love when we say, like, could you do this in six months? Could you do this for a year, right? If the answer is no, then we need to change something. So with that being said, like, what did you like from this? Like, how can we, some, like, spin it? It's all ultimately a learning experience, but that doesn't mean you have to keep doing something that's not serving you well. And that's something that it's kind of, I have a hard time, verbalizing this but it's like say you you squat right do you squat because you want to get stronger or because you're afraid of being weak right Mm -hmm. I squat because I want to be stronger right but you could look at it and be like I'm so afraid of not of being weak but nobody really thinks of it I don't think like that right we think of the positive so it's like am I eating healthy to live my healthiest best life or am I eating healthy to not get fat so if you're like I'm eating healthy to not get fat so I'm only squatting because I'm afraid of being weak what is my goal there? Like, I'm just avoiding the negative, which is focusing on the negative even more. So that's why I really don't like... And it's such a nuanced thing, like, people's relationship with food. But that's what I don't like about a really restrictive diet is it's not teaching you long-term habits, and it's basically saying you have to lift this weight so you don't get weak. Why can we not just say be healthy? Like, why do we have to frame it? So fear-based. Yeah, and I don't think they're they intended this, right? Like, it's could be used in a good way. I think people are drawn to it because they want to learn. They want a framework, right? In some instances, it probably does kickstart people and they start to realize, okay, how do I mix this with my previous life? Like, how do I find a mix here? It's definitely not all good or all bad, but I think it all comes down to the specific application. And I think in a lot of cases, you you can't use a general answer when each case is so different. I have a question. If this is such a... I don't know, like a lukewarm, mediocre, not great program. 
why are so many people doing it and why is it so sexy? Like, why is it key? Why is it because there's a low barrier to entry. Okay. You see that other people are doing it and it looks like fast results, right? We love, our brains love gratification, mm-hmm. right? We do not like waiting. So if you're promised, or not even promised, if you're seeing other people have relatively quick success, who doesn't want that, right? Maybe this is the smartest, better way to do it. We all want a diet hack. We all want an easier way to do something that I think down deep we all know the things that we could do better, (laughs) right? But we want someone to tell us that you actually don't have to do it the hard way. This way is so much easier. It's so much better. And Cindy down the street lost 45 pounds, and now she looks great in the pickup line, picking up her daughter next to you, so you should Ooh, do it too. If you just eat chia seeds at every meal, <laughs> you don't have to change anything about your life. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me, so low barrier to entry, a lot of people are doing it, so I'm sure there's some social pressure mm-hmm. and also community aspect and fast results. Mm-hmm. So we know these things are sexy. How can we make what we do more in line with those three things because what we preach is yo this is a process this mm-hmm. is going to take a while not a low barrier to entry because we want people to be committed mm-hmm. and we don't want this to be to be we don't want this to be short term which kind of goes hand in hand with our vision of long term mm-hmm. and again like it's not going to be a quick fix because your health isn't a quick fix you didn't get here overnight you're not going to be the healthiest person on the block tomorrow so how do we do we even try to make what we do fit into that really easily sold model? I think you can. I think you can. But it's not going to be, in my opinion, the physical transformation. It's going to be the mental transformation. Like you talked about that meme well, I mean, where you were like before and after, but it's like words like, no longer has anxiety, can't eat out with friends. <laughs> yeah, because that's where all of the, I mean, you know, as we've moved, and I keep talking about this and I'll keep talking about it, as we moved away from more of like, uh, biological type of processes and we move more towards psychological processes in our treatment paradigm, that's what's happening more. We're just, somebody comes in and they think all the things that you just said, like I'm looking for a short-term fix, I'm looking for fast results, and I want a really low barrier to entry. And we come in there and say, those three things are not going to get you to where you want to go. This is how you're going to get where you want to go. And here's the process behind that. And I think that's the most po- powerful transformation that we can do in a short period of time is change the way that people view this problem. Because we, we know and they know. That's the funny part, right? I know that you know that we know that this is, <laughs> that this is uh, something that's going to take a long time to change, right? And we can show them what that means and show them how to do that and guide them along the way. And that's the, we'll call it the short-term fix or the fast results that we can give them, you know, in one session, in a few sessions, is really show them that it's possible and show them that they have control over it, right? We talk about this all the time. People that come in, you know, and I I saw a patient recently, and like it's always the same thing. It's like they feel a lack of control with their problem. And if you can give them control over it or some semblance of that, you know, it's the most powerful thing I think you can give somebody if yeah. they come in to see you as a patient or as a client or whatever. Yeah, short-term wins too, right? Like oh, yeah. those incremental steps, like yep. understanding that uh, we've got a long way to climb, but every step along the way is an improvement, mm-hmm. even though it might not look like one on a scale or, you know, in, in weight on a barbell or whatever. But like if you are making small incremental improvements recognize those wins and celebrate them because that ultimately is what's going to lead there and everybody does want the gratification and at least those small wins can provide um maybe that fuel of gratification for the the process we're going to be fighting that forever though right as the, the world continues to be faster and we're getting you know i bought something off amazon today in one click Soon a drone is going to be dropping off my house in an hour. It took a week to get here. Yeah. What? You like had a, to click? Yeah. yeah. So that's just going to happen, right? right. So it's, going to, it's actually going to be on us to continue to, to, as, to, slow it down. to slow it down. Yeah, to slow it down, to educate people. Like that's just not the human, how the human body works. It's like thousands of Ooh, years yeah. of, el- of evolution. We right? love our dopamine yeah. and our, you know, like those yeah. quick, like, you know, like sugar, I don't care, caffeine, nicotine, cocaine, cocaine like, yeah. what, like whatever. Like just give me the... yeah. Give well, a quick fix. The three things that we just described, maybe things. So low barrier to entry, maybe sometimes. Uh, promised quick results or fast results. And then what was the other one? Short term. Um, it was short term. Like social. 
short term, but also like a lot of other people are doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's our healthcare system. Yeah. It's I hear from people all the time. My doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, or they made a mistake, and they are angry. And it's like, don't we have the technology now to to tell me? Just tell me what pill I need to take. Just give me a test. And it sucks because then you're like, oh, this doctor was actually trying to like do something that was going to be helpful for your long term health. But we are so expectant that our our doctors, our, our healthcare profession, should give us immediately the result that we want. And so that's why we're just giving out pills. That's why if you have slightly high blood pressure, you're getting a pill. If you have yeah. high higher cholesterol, you're given a pill. And it's we are trying to do the exact opposite. And that's why it's hard because our world is a kind of against our broken yeah. medical system. Yeah, I, I just spoke with a patient recently. Um, went from zero to 100. And what I mean by that, she um, went from never ever having any type of back pain or concern ever to within six months to the day had um, back surgery to work, you know, whatever. I don't even know. It was like, you know, it wasn't like a fusion or anything, but still went from never having back pain ever in her life to six months later having surgery to repair whatever was going on. And it's really interesting to hear the story about why. And, and when we listen to it as, as practitioners and, and, and as experts, you can pinpoint every step along the way where we would have done something different and, and hopefully would have intervened but never had the opportunity to, to save that, that, that back surgery. And it, it's just interesting that that's like, again, low barrier to entry. Insurance is paying for it. It's there. The doctor says that it's quick. Everybody's the, doing the, it. Yep, everybody's out. doing yeah. it. The, the really short-term, like, quick fix of, of cortisone didn't work. It made it actually worse. And then here you are. And I, I always look and take a step back. I'm like, man, what would drive me to go from zero mm-hmm. to back surgery in the absence of trauma yeah in the absence of some major issue and 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 really what i think was more or less just too much too fast in a certain scenario and uh i think it could have been really handled a, a different way even the word you used what word is used repair yeah like the language is so intentional yeah. like you're not repairing anything yeah. even yeah. right <laughs> like i never thought of that till you yeah. said it right yeah. like you're just in there just like Fishing. moving shit around and like yeah. hopefully it's gonna work you know yeah. yeah if you want to be scared from all surgeries for the rest of your life <laughs> oh no. yes I can't wait. On my phone. go I watch Dr. Death on Peacock or NBC yeah. or whatever it is uh, a story of a spine surgeon that basically only ever did 38 surgeries 33 of them were botched three more ended up in death so only two out of 38 had any type of success or non-negative, you know, result, and now he's in prison for life. Did he do it on purpose? Uh, it doesn't like he he. I think the ego forced him Oof. to continue doing it, even though he knew he wasn't. Okay. He didn't know what to do um, because it's basically that he was yeah. untrained and he just kept doing surgeries and oh was like, God. I'm 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 yeah. the best at what I do. I always got to put the caveat that. In co- certain contexts, surgeries can be extremely Absolutely. useful. Just yes. so everybody knows that, I feel like we'll sometimes we'll get hate on these things, right? We're talking about these... You Dr. Know, death? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go see Dr. Death, right? We're talking about these non-traumatic, you know what I mean? Like, I'm using quotations, wear and tear type of things where, you know, and even in those cases, sometimes, and I think it's really rare, you know, a surgical procedure can, can um, help. Right, but typically, right, the body does a great job healing itself. And like, if the people just gave it enough time and energy and focus, it comes down to the pill too. People do know that diet and exercise would be the better path than having a blood pressure pill, but they are just not going to choose that path, right? right? So now we've become so ingrained that that is the protocol. Yeah, it's like that. we have Western medicine, and it is amazing. Like, I'm glad we have oh the God. blood pressure pill. I'm glad we have the cholesterol pill. It, again, it's just over applied. It's like, oh, well, now that we have that, I don't actually need to make any changes. And it's not the exception anymore. Like, surgery is no longer the exception. Quick fixes are not the exception. And that's where we have a problem with it. 
I didn't think we were going to talk about Dr. Death today, though. Yeah. I can't wait to I watch apologize that. Today. And to go back to the earlier story, like the, the lady that went from zero to, uh, to, to back surgery, it seems for all intents and purposes to have a completely successful result. And so that's that's great for her, you know, and I'm happy for that. But it's just interesting story, to know yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that it could, maybe could have been different and had the same result. I think zero to back surgery is a great title for something. <laughs> uh, right. Interesting. Uh, do we want to talk about the games? I don't know. I think we got a... Maybe like quick, quick summary. Quick recap, yeah. Uh, It was really cool. It was very stimulating um, because you're watching so many people work out, but you're not working out. You're just sitting there. Your heart rate, my heart rate goes up when I watch Oh my God. We watched it here. Yeah. We did. Yeah. I was so stressed. Um, (laughs) And I keep describing it like a roller coaster because when you go to an amusement park, like it's a cool two minute ride. Awesome. But this was all day for five days. And then you have people doing it that you care about, then it's even more stressful. Um, once those people were not doing it that much anymore, it wasn't as stressful, but it was still, then it kind of turned into more exciting. But um, Tia dominated, obviously. Uh, I have a picture with Tia. Oh, yeah, I met her. Cool. Uh, she's super cute. Obviously, Annie like, stole the show. From baby to podium in 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what was more powerful, like, it was not the physical, oh, she did it. Like, we didn't think she could do it. Like, mom transformed back into six-pack six (laughs) ten months later. It was that she was like, I didn't even think I was good enough. I didn't even think I could compete. Mm -hmm. She proved herself wrong. She was in such a bad place after, maybe during the baby, because she felt like... It was interesting the way she described it. It was like, my body was my working tool, and I didn't have my body anymore. And it, it was her identity. I was just going to say yeah. back to the identity. Yeah. Um, and, like, she... It was, like, watching her, and maybe it was just... She had a great personality, like, very charismatic. Um, and you'd want to be on her side. But it didn't seem like she was there because she had to win. She was just there to prove it to herself that she could do the thing that she used to do and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And she was just so grateful to be able to be there. Um, I watched Janie Spiegel get hurt. She was right in front of me when that happened. That sucked. And then Brooke Wells. Mm. So, like, talking about athletes getting hurt. I think always people are going to take the negative. They're going to shit on CrossFit after this because someone got hurt doing a snatch. But no one's ever going to insult the Olympic weightlifters at the Olympics. But in a snatch ladder like that, you have 60 – no, they had 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. I think she, at that point, I think that we were on the 30 seconds. And it was like – does Brooke Wells have a 190 snatch? Like, we don't know. Was she just trying something she'd never done before? I think her elbow definitely was hurt before because it, I think it just happened way too easily. And she also had on the sleeve. But in that environment, you're still pushing yourself beyond your limits because you're going for her score. You're going for something. Um, and, like, whether that means she shouldn't have done it, like, I would never argue that. I would argue, like, Sometimes there are some risks, but also, like, talking about Simone Biles... Like, she has to make a decision for it's herself. It's your decision yeah. ownership. Right? Brooke Wells, like, she hit she her neck right. on the way down. And that was the scary thing, especially watching it from behind, because that's where her seats were. Uh, it was scary the way that she responded to it, but it's also, like, it was really sad to watch someone who was trained for this for so long, and they, she was doing really well, and it just got, like, taken away. And I think... Her reaction to it wasn't just like, oh, God, my elbow hurts. It was like, oh, my God, this is happening. I'm out. And when she, like, stumbled away, I don't know how much y'all saw of that. It was so sad. She was just screaming. Um, She was, like, stumbling. And she was just, like, looking around, like, in shock that, like, this moment was over. So that was a a low. Scott Panchik, that was really cool. It was his last season. Um, He was hurt the whole time. I don't know if if y'all saw that. And so every run event, we were like, what is he doing? He's so slow. But yeah. it's because his knee was hurt. Um, but his attitude make, made such a difference versus some of the athletes who didn't perform the way that they wanted to. And they just got pissed, angry, stormed off. He was like, just, you could tell, like, soaking it all in. Like, just looking around the whole time. Yeah. Just so happy to be there. So grateful. Um, because even if you get 40th, at the CrossFit Games, if you get last at the CrossFit Games, you're the 40th fittest person on the earth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a really cool experience. There's a lot of other like highlights. It was like a lot of people felt super inspired to like go be competitive 
and like, oh man, like now I want to compete. It just made me want to like keep working out because you're in such a, like you're in something that's bigger than yourself. It was like, this is why people love CrossFit because it's like hype. There's so much community. Like there's so many lives being changed. Like now that it's Eric Rosa and not Greg Glassman, a lot of the advertising and the commercials were about people that were struggling with addiction and how CrossFit changed their life. People that were struggling with health issues and how it changed their life. And he's really into working with the underserved populations or like the underrepresented represented populations and you could tell that there was a culture shift at in CrossFit or obviously had to be um, and so it was it was cool to be a part of it I wanted to be a part of Tia's last games but apparently she's competing again yeah, yeah she made that apparent yeah. speaking of addiction and uh, you know common folk mm-hmm. right Getting, getting back to, what? to the, well, you know, <laughs> like, common folk. Right, yeah, I was common. Who folk, says right? that? Uh, People from Montana. I just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to the Iron Wolf um, recovery. recovery liftoff event, September eighteenth at Locomotion. Um, but yeah, CrossFit total, right? Bench mm-hmm. deadlift. Oof. Um, yeah, or not bench. You did that one year. You, you wish it was bench. Yeah. Oh. We, uh, we can't make it because we've got a bocce special ball. Special Olympics. <laughs> that sounds like such a oh, It's really? a special Olympics bocce day. <laughs> go out, support a great cause what for the Iron PR? Wolf uh, recovery, and uh, you know, set a new PR and stuff. I think that would be great. Did y'all watch the games? Yes. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Annie, for sure, at yeah. the end. Oh, yeah. I thought I couldn't even compete. Yeah. And we all started crying. It was so cute. Just her face when she won that one event. Was it the second to the last the, event? The weird hand say- Oh, man. Yeah, I she came across and she was just um, so ecstatic. And again, like it just, uh, I watched Annie for almost like a decade now. And it's it's really cool to see where she's at. Mm-hmm. I'm having Jared on the podcast on oh, Tuesday. Nice. And so we'll oh, talk nice. more about that, I'm sure. One last thing. What about Laura Horvath? Oh, yeah. They never interviewed her. Did y'all see yeah. that? That they interviewed. Was that intentional, you think? Or she like... got second. So they interviewed Annie after she won that workout. And then after maybe it was the last workout, they obviously interviewed Tia because she won the whole event. And Laura Horvath was just standing there. But they never interviewed the second person. They only interview whoever wins, typically. I know, but they interviewed the third person. Yeah, which is Annie. And she, Laura Horvath, did really well in that workout. It's just kind of like the Pat Bellner thing. Or um, someone said the Ryan Lochte phenomenon. Everybody forgets about Ryan Lochte because of Michael Phelps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You I know. <laughs> but like everyone forgets Pat Bellner because of Matt Frazier. Right. Everyone forgets Laura Horvath because of Tia. Yeah. Uh, and she was just standing around. Every people started booing. People yeah. started cheering um, to interview her, and she was just like, "Yeah." Yeah. It was funny. Yeah, she's great. She did phenomenal too. Yeah. Last year she got like forty-seven. Yeah. It's wow, fun to watch. I mean, those, those workouts are yeah. fun to watch. Entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl every single day. Well, any other last thoughts? You don't want to keep talking about CrossFit? All right. <laughs> I'm sure we'll circle back to a future Absolutely. one. Circle back. We will. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram, find us at Healthy Charleston, leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.